0: Hey you guys, we gotta tell you about Brez Coffee Company. Made by gamers, for gamers, right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. I like the iCast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast, like I do,
1: then try the Critical Dark or the cooslayer Slayer Mocha Roast.
0: Can't decide what you need for those all-night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs? All roasts are made with fair-trade Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to brezcoffeeco.com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O.com and enter the code NCR at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Programs, and welcome back to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins, and joining me this evening are uh, my illustrious co-host Derek Diamond is uh, off doing show, uh, a game with the Blue Wahoos, so joining me is my co-host over
1: on the Open Micers podcast, Mr. Jacob Craig. Oh, thanks so much for having me, man. I am the thing that ate Derek Diamond. Yes. <laughs> so,
0: how does it feel to uh, be on Nerd Cave Retro for the first time? What, what, uh, what can you bring to the table as far as retro game games are concerned?
1: Oh, definitely nothing. Um, I'm going to be the worst co-host so far, Fantastic. but I, I am. I, I'm very happy to be here, though. I know you. I've I've been mentioned on the show in passing before, just in conversation. But uh, to everyone, all the listeners that don't know me, I'm Jacob. Nice to meet you.
0: So, uh, tell us what you're to interview you a little bit. What what was your first uh, gaming memory?
1: Oh man, um, I know I know you were we're, you're, were talking about your review tonight. Uh, I have a lot of memories like the game you're reviewing of like my older brother uh, playing old PS2 games and mm-hmm. me just watching him. It's funny PS2 that you games.
0: say old PS2 games. Well, they're old for me.
1: Look, they're old for me, man. And yeah, we have PS2 to, games. Is we that have better? to mention
0: that Jacob is only twenty-one years old. So
1: correct, and, but but I do like retro gaming. Um, it just it it just broke the other day. But I had a original Sega Genesis that was like my pride and joy. Oh yeah, and it just it just died. It just rest in peace. But um. <laughs> But yeah, I I do like, uh, you know, go into playing with arcade cabinets and and everything, and I guess PS2 is considered retro now. I'm pretty avid PS2 gamer.
0: Yeah. Did you ever get to experience arcades at all, or were they pretty much gone by the time you... Oops, sorry. Um, Professional
1: podcasting here. Um, (laughs) Did you ever get to, to experience them at all? No, not really. I mean, yeah, we have arcades, but it's like bowling alley like arcades, you know? Yeah. So it's... There's no real cabinets. Yeah, they're anywhere.
0: mostly like those ticket games, you know, like yeah. Skee-Ball, uh, the claw machines, things like that. That's not really an arcade to me.
1: No, so the the only real cabinet... The fir- well, the first real cabinet I played was um, at a skating rink. I was at uh, some birthday party, and they had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Um, Arcade cabinet. I forget which one it was. I think maybe it was three. Does that sound right? Uh,
0: I'm not sure. I don't even remember how many uh, Ninja Turtles cabinets they made. Because oh, the only no. one I really remember is the uh, the original one. The yeah. Ninja Turtles with the four players. Uh, and that one was yeah, yeah. like, that was the hot the hotness for a long time was that that cabinet. Like you couldn't even get near yeah. it. Uh, No matter what time of the day you went to the arcade, you could not get near that machine.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And, and yeah, that was, um, it it was like that at the skating rink, too. I mean, there were little kids, like, behind me watching me play with their quarters in their hands. Which skating rink did you go to? It was
0: Golden Gate Skate in the Yes, because I used to play Ninja Turtles there, too. Uh, They had that. And I remember when I was when when I went there when I was younger, and you know, Ninja Turtles was a new machine. There used to be a uh, a Tron machine right next to it, and I was like, "Man, this is oh, awesome!" Yeah. And I, I played Tempest there. They I you know, had Miss Pac Man, all that kind of stuff. And then I went back to the skating rink like somewhere around 2012, I think, and uh, hadn't been there since like you know the early 90s. And went back there in 2012, and that that Ninja Turtles machine was still there in the same spot.
1: I'm sure it's still there today. It as might be.
0: It might be still there. I'm not sure. I haven't been to the skating
1: rink in a decade. Yeah, me neither. I, I've it's been an appropriate amount of time since I've been to the skating rink. It's it's yeah. been like. Five or six years. Well,
0: once you reach a certain age, it's it's kind of like uh you're the creepy old guy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I don't want to be that creepy old guy at the skating rink. Unless you're like on a date, then it's like a cool thing to do. Like, oh, let's go skating. And, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't. And know. also,
1: I can't skate. So yeah, me. I would I can, be that's there. why I
0: don't want to go because I'm like an elephant on skates. So it just doesn't doesn't work. Right. Cause me and angelina we went uh ice skating last year oh, Lord. and it was awful like i can it was it was so painful <laughs> like trying to ice skate like it was mm-hmm. it was
1: it was bad it was real bad yeah i um i'm a bowling guy if yeah. i'm if i'm gonna be experiencing arcades somewhere i'm i'm very i'm well i'm pretty good at bowling yeah. i i was almost in a bowling league and it we just didn't put, put up the money to be in a bowling league.
0: So uh, usually we talk about um, what we've been playing throughout the week. Uh, of course, I've been playing, okay. uh, you know, what I'm going to be reviewing the night and uh, still playing a bit of uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. But uh, we actually had a text conversation last night that I don't know what it is about that game. It's just not capturing my attention like I thought it would because I... I love Breath of the Wild, and uh, I, I'm a Breath of the Wild apologist because people hate the the mechanic of the you know, the the weapons breaking, which I think is dumb. And you know, mm-hmm. Mortal's Phoenix Rising, Rising kind of fixes that. But I don't know what it is about that game; it's just not capturing my attention. And I feel a lot of it is it's harder than it needs to be, uh, in some of the areas of the game, like the some of the boss fights, I've come across. Some of the uh, the the puzzle solving I've had to do, and um, like if it takes me more than thirty minutes to to do one puzzle, and not because right. I don't know how to do the puzzle, it's the mechanics of the game making it difficult for me to finish the puzzle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: I know and exactly what you're saying. That
0: frustrates me, and that's what's been going on with that game, and. I don't know, I'm it's kind of sucking me out of it. Like I'm not immersed like I would like to be.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that being a problem. I know I um just the other not not this week, I think it was last week. I played this game called Black Mirror. No no relation to the TV <laughs> show. It's uh apparently the Black Mirror series was a collection of three games for they were like computer games that you like buy you bought on a disc and put into your computer. Yeah you know, like, point-and-click style yeah. games. And they made Black Mirror for the PS4, which is technically the fourth game in the series, which is a continuation of those three computer games. And just like the other ones, it's, like, point-and-click, but for the PS4. And the puzzles are so stupid. It's <laughs> one of the worst games I've ever played in my entire life. Yeah. Hands down. Because I- it's, like, you you... It, it there's no logic behind what to do with anything yeah. like you have to like there's one point where you have to send someone down a dumb waiter to unlock a door and she's like i need something to like jimmy the door open with uh and it mentions is like oh this guy has a key to the door so i go and try to find that guy and the whole time i had to look up a walkthrough there's just a bread knife sitting uh. on a table Really? (laughs) Yeah, you you apparently just have to go grab the bread knife and give it to her while I'm running around this entire mansion trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. It's like stupid stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's the thing, you know, as far as like the, the, the Zelda games, like especially Breath of the Wild, I felt like, you know, going into the shrines and doing those puzzles, like it wasn't the game mechanics that was making it difficult um and the puzzles aren't that hard in Zelda they're just mm-hmm. you're kind of like okay okay I see I got to do this and then do this and do that and it might take me a couple tries but you eventually get it but when I'm sitting there like in immortal's phoenix rising and I'm trying to move a boulder to a certain spot and like this boulder just keeps like falling off the edge and then I gotta fly way back over to this other part to like release another boulder. Like, that's just aggravating to me. Like, stop that. <laughs> Don't do that to me. That it just m- gets on my nerves.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, that kind of thing makes me curious as to like what the people that test these video games were hoping for. Yeah. You know, because if it takes like these video game testers. 30 minutes to figure out this puzzle and you're just like, yeah, I'm happy with people being aggravated with this for 30 yeah. <laughs> minutes. Like, no, that's not no, good. Dude, fix your game. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, what about you? You've been playing anything interesting this week?
1: Uh, So I've, I picked up shadow of the tomb Raider for Xbox one. And that's really what I've been playing. Cause I, I enjoy story based games mm-hmm that that also involve like a healthy amount of combat and so to the new two raider series like the new trilogy is is perfect yeah. for that kind of thing because you you get the 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 digestion of the story and also you get to run through tombs and fight people and all that kind of thing so yeah. that's um that's what i've been playing and and for ps4 i've been playing ufc 4 because I'm an I'm a mixed martial arts nerd, and I'm always <laughs> playing the newest UFC game. Yeah. I, I've probably logged a couple thousand hours into that game. Wow. Yeah, I'm not that into. I I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it at all. If I if you told me, yeah, you've spent two thousand hours playing this game, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of
0: know the feeling. Like back when I used to play World of Warcraft, you could you know type into the chat bar like slash played. And it would tell you the amount yeah, yeah. of time you spent in the game. And one time <laughs> I did it and it was like, God, it was like 15 days, like so many hours. No. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, I think I need to
1: stop this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you, if the PlayStation has a feature like that. If it does, I need, I need to look at how much time <laughs> I've actually played that game. I'm
0: sure it does. Maybe something within the game itself will tell you how many hours you played.
1: Um... I I doubt that it's uh they they make the UFC games not for video game aficionados but for mixed martial arts aficionados so yeah. th- there's probably not a lot of features like that yeah I don't know um I would love
0: to know ex- I know I I put a lot of out the the games I think I've put the most hours into of course World of Warcraft is something I'll I'll never go past that on anything ever like that's just so far ahead of like on hours played. I think maybe a close second to that is probably Diablo 3. And then yeah. maybe, uh, I'd say I probably put well over 100, say, twenty, hundred thirty 130 hours probably into Mass Effect 2 because I okay. went through that game and I went through every single mind, every single planet. I played every single bit of DLC for that game. Uh, and then probably behind that is like, uh maybe Breath of the Wild and um what was uh, uh not oblivion but um oh crap Skyrim? Was, yeah, Skyrim after that.
1: Yes, I I've, I've definitely spent uh a lot of hours on Skyrim. And um uh, speaking of uh, PS2 games, there's this dumb PS2 game that I've beat like 20 to 30 times called <laughs> Jet Li's Rise to Honor. What? It's like yeah, it's It stars, like, a Jet Li character. It's like a Jet Li movie, but a video game. That's weird. Yeah, so it's like like you were playing Jet Li in a Jet Li movie. And I don't know why I'm so obsessed with it, but I love that (laughs) game so much. I've beaten it so many times. I've never heard of that, ever. Yeah, it's, um, from an outside perspective, I I wouldn't, if someone told me they hated that game, I'd be like, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Yeah. but i i don't know what it is like that that has been one of my favorite games since i was like a, a teenager the Maybe first time you i should, played uh, it next time you're on the show you should review that i should review it uh, i i probably i i would replay it but i probably wouldn't even have to cuz i know like yeah scene by scene is yeah. just in in what do you call it embedded into my brain yeah i have games like that too like resident evil 2.
0: I know that game backwards and forwards. Like, there's not, there's no corner of that game I have not explored that I don't have mapped out in my head. Like, I could probably speed run that
1: game at this point. I'm sure you could. I, I, I could probably speed run Jet Li's Rise to Honor. Um, I think I tried, I tried doing that one time. I don't remember how long it took me, but it, it was something ridiculous, like 35 minutes or something yeah. like that. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. You should do that.
0: Get a Twitch channel and start speedrunning it. And you might have the world record. Yeah, for Jet Li's Rise to Honor because yeah. no one else attempted no it. No one else will ever do it. You'll, you'll be the only <laughs> world record holder for from now till the end of time. <laughs> hey, if you're going to go for a world record, might as well do something nobody else is going to do. That way, you'll, yeah, that's true. you'll be the record holder forever. That's true. But uh, I'm ready to go into the news. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. From NintendoLife.com, it's actually weird that this dropped yesterday because I'm going to review Destroy All Humans tonight. And I had no idea that this was coming. Like I was playing Destroy All Humans on PS Now, the PS2 Mm -hmm. version. And uh, I was thinking while I was playing, I was like, man, this game is ripe for like a remaster or a remake. And then yesterday, this hits. Nintendolife.com Destroy All Humans launches today, which was yesterday, on Switch, and Europe gets two expensive special editions. Uh, it launched uh, yesterday on Switch, bringing the original game in the series to a Nintendo platform for the very first time. A remake of the 2005's Destroy All Humans which launched on PS2 and Xbox. Uh, the game has players terrorizing the people of 1950s Earth in the shoes of Evil Alien Crypto 137. The new Switch version comes with all available skins that were created for the game as standard, including the Skin Pack DLC. Standard version is available for 40 bucks, but Europe has also been treated to not one, but two special editions. Uh, the Crypto 137 Edition featuring a Crypto 137 figurine, Crypto backpack, keychain, six lithographs, an anti-stress toy, and all in-game Crypto Ooh. skins, all contained within a premium box. Box has an SRP of 399.99. Uh, I think that's euros and 349.99 pounds. Uh, the DNA Collector's Edition features a Crypto and Cow figurine keychain, six lithographs, anti-stress toy, and all in-game crypto skins um, for an SRP of 150 and 140 um, Which, I honestly wish I could get one of these boxes, especially that first one, because that crypto figurine is awesome.
1: Yeah, it looks really cool for sure. Uh, my question is, who has what is it? 349 pounds <laughs> yeah. to spend on Destroy All Humans Deluxe Edition. I don't
0: know. I mean, that's as much... That's more than an Xbox Series S. Or,
1: yeah. That's a lot of money. That's way more money in America dollars than in pounds. (laughs) I mean, you gotta be like a Destroy All Humans super
0: fan to get something like that. I mean, if it was like... This thing, I mean, it's cool, but I wouldn't pay that much for this. I mean, I'd pay... pay, Mm -mm. hundred 120 right. for this special edition but that's a lot
1: look maybe even if you asked with with those with that amount of figurines and that amount of like uh, what do you call it I feel s- stupid calling it swag yeah but with that amount with that amount of swag if you asked 200 dollars for it I'd be like okay yeah that's probably what it's worth yeah but I mean a conversion can see it being that much if, if that
0: crypto figurine was like you know, 24 inches tall or something like that, like a big yeah. statue. But yeah. I, I think it's like maybe, it, it looks like it's roughly about probably seven
1: inches tall, eight inches tall, maybe. Yeah, I I wouldn't ever see myself paying that much for that. Yeah, me either.
0: It looks cool, though. I mean, I like, I really like it, but that's a lot of cash to throw down for that.
1: Yeah, and, and and you know, no disrespect if you uh, are going to pay for that, I just <laughs> want to know what you do for work. Yeah, and if, and if you're throwing you down that
0: amount of cash and you're you're listening to this show and you're not a Patreon supporter, might I suggest going to <laughs> Patreon. dot com slash NerdCaveRetro and throwing us some money every single month.
1: Yeah, it'll actually
0: go Is towards Superman something. Superman going
1: to appear Whoa. in but, the um, Suicide advertisement. Go away. <laughs> So our next story comes from Patreon supporter Armez Jackson. Thank you so much for uh, sending this to us. Nintendo Switch getting... Oh, and this is from comicbook.com, by the way. Mm -hmm. Nintendo Switch getting remaster of 2008 Nintendo DS game. Nintendo Switch and Nintendo Switch Lite are getting a classic 2008 Nintendo DS game, though right now it's not clear when exactly Switch and Switch Lite users can look forward to revisiting the 13-year-old game. In fact, right now, there's no word of a Western release, only a Japanese release, which will happen sometime this year. Of course, if it never comes West, Switch and Switch Lite users will need to import the game or create a Japanese Switch account. As for the game itself, it's a remaster of Nights in the Nightmare. The remaster, which is also coming to mobile devices, is being handled by the game's original developer, Sting Entertainment. As you may remember, Knights in the Nightmare is a strategy game meets shoot 'em up meets RPG that de- that debuted back in 2008 being the Nintendo DS. Two years later, the game came to PSP. While there's no word this remaster coming west, the original did. I'll be honest, I've never heard of this game before. I haven't either, and um, you know i I am a pretty big fan though of of DS games and PSP games and whatnot coming to bigger consoles. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot of good games uh, for those systems that really need to uh, have updates and brought to the switch. Cause it's a perfect platform for it. Um, and it, it's kind of weird that there, that there's no real plans for an American release only right. a Japanese release. I don't know. That just seems weird to me. I, I, guarantee they're probably
1: going to put this uh, make an American release for this I mean they would have to because even if the original only did well in Japan which is the only reason I could think that they would want to only do a Japanese release there's still a market for it in America like if if no one's heard of this game they'll still see it and then maybe pick it up one of the coolest game titles I've ever heard Knights in the Nightmare that's awesome that's true. That is very good. Um, you know, if you have the right box art to go with that, you might look at it and just be like, oh, I'm getting that game. Oh yeah. And this next story is uh
0: something I think me and you both can appreciate because we both oh, like yeah. food. <laughs> um this comes this also comes from Armez Jackson. Uh this is from PocketLint.com. KFC follows up KFC console with Hot Winger sixty four retro arcade machine. Sadly, it is not available to buy. It is the top creator, top prize and creator in community retro game showdowns. Uh, It has launched, KFC Gaming has launched its own retro eSports tournament where 10,000 pounds and a custom KFC arcade machine are up for grabs. The Hot Winger 64 is a multi-game cabinet with a host of top retro games and two sets of controllers for multiplayer. Uh, It's a one-off and can only be won in the tournament. That kicks off Friday, June twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Let's see. In addition, you need to, to the look winner, up who won this console. Yeah, I know. Um, let's see. There's sixteen challengers, a thirty thousand pound prize pool, and of course the one hot winger sixty four. I wonder if this one actually. Uh, let's see, uh, because the console w- had the little uh, chicken warmer in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I wonder if this one has a chicken warmer in it too. Uh, let's see, uh, the Xbox
1: mini fridge, isn't it? Is that what this is saying? Still, <laughs> we do have a confirmed release of the Xbox mini fridge in the meantime to keep us happy. Uh, I think that's like a, oh, they're making oh, a yeah. joke about the new Xbox console. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know if this has a, uh, a chicken warmer in it, but that would be pretty awesome. Like down n- near the, uh. The uh, where the coin slots would be, just the little door you open up, and there's
1: like you know some chicken sizzling in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get that, get that hot wing bucket going on. That's uh, it's unfortunate that this is only available to the people that won that thing. We yeah, we no. should later look up who who actually won this and if they actually received this cabinet.
0: You know, I think the KFC console thing was so weird and out of left field. I think they made a mistake by not actually making one. Like even if they had partnered mm. up with like Xbox or Sony, like I think that Xbox would be more on board with something like this, but making an actual KFC console with, you know, the guts of a, you know, an Xbox in it, I think yeah. that would have actually sold. Even if they did a, like I- a limited run of like, you know, 500 of them, I think they would have
1: actually sold out. Absolutely. I mean, cuz there's only one of those that you can really, well, I'm not going to say there's only one, but of course there's only like one that they actually made, but it's, it's one of those things where it's so stupid yeah. and so limited where you get it and you're like, look at what I have, I have this, and no one else will ever have this. I mean, that's the ultimate
0: conversation starter. Somebody walks into your house and sees like a console, <laughs> like a KFC console, and they're like, what is this? Like oh yeah, play my games on here, and you open it up, and there's like chicken in there, like warming. Yeah, <laughs> want a piece of chicken?
1: Which I mean, chances are that that would like start a house fire or something. Probably, but still, <laughs> it would still be awesome to have, though. Absolutely. So this comes to us from NintendoLife.com. The Mega Drive Mini is getting another accessory, which does absolutely nothing. Yeah, the Mega Drive. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> The Mega Drive Mini followed in the footsteps of the NES and SNES Classic Editions a while back, and Sega released it alongside Tiny Mega CD and 32X Attachments, purely cosmetic add-ons which didn't actually enhance the functionality of the console, but did look rather cool. If you liked these largely useless pieces of plastic, then you'll be pleased to learn that Sega is releasing another one, and this time it's a tiny version of the Power Base Converter, or Mega Adapter as it was called in Japan, which in its original form allowed you to play Master System games on the original MK1 Mega Drive. The Mega Drive Tower Mini Zero launches in Japan on October 21st, alongside a Sega My Card and Gold Cartridge. The original Mega C D 32X was set was exclusive to Japan, but US-based journalists were sent special units as promotional items. Jason, I don't speak this language. Why is this happening? Uh <laughs> well, because Sega was known as the
0: uh the console with all the add-ons back in the day. Of course, you had the uh, Sega CD, uh the 32X, and what happened was is every time they would release one of these new attachments, it was something else that you had to basically build onto your original uh okay. Genesis. And it was kind of, it was pretty cool actually. You know, at at one point, you would your your Sega console would be so monstrous with all this stuff on it. Um, yeah. I actually wouldn't mind having a 32x attachment for my Genesis Mini just to like have it on there. Um, but like I said, it serves no purpose. So why would you really do that? It's just purely yeah. cosmetic uh, for people that you know had all this stuff back in the day and just want to have it for pure cosmetic purposes. So back in the day, did these attachments actually do stuff? Yeah, like the Sega CD um, was the first big, you know, CD add on for home consoles because you had, you know, you had personal computers that were doing uh, CD ROM stuff. um, But consoles, like that was still a long way away until, you know, the PS1 came out. But you could still do full motion video like you had games like Sewer Shark and uh right. things like that that were on the Sega CD. I mean, they weren't great, but at the time it was like, holy crap, you know, like this is awesome. Uh and then you had the thirty-two X, which of course the base uh Sega Genesis was sixteen bit. You get the thirty-two X and add-on, and then you're playing thirty-two bit games at that point. So Sega really was getting a lot of longevity out of the Genesis because the Genesis came out in 89 and you know that thing lasted a long time. And then it just got to the point of ridiculousness with all the add-ons. It was like, okay, it's time to go on to the the Saturn and the, you know, the other consoles that they put out.
1: Yeah, I understand the nostalgia, but paying hard earned money for a plastic piece that does nothing but (laughs) You know, attaches to this thing that already works and does everything <laughs> you need it to do.
0: It's kind sounds of sounds kind of dumb, dumb, but you know, if it's if I run across a 32x attachment for my Sega Genesis at, for like, you know, five bucks or ten bucks, I might get it just just for the sheer sure look of it. But I'm not gonna go out of my way to to get one. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's just pure cosmetic type thing. People do the same thing in video games for like skins for their characters. Like, why not? You know?
1: That's true, but I mean that—that's actually a look in the game. You know what I mean? Like that—it kind of does something.
0: Yeah, well, true, but
1: I don't like know. I, under- nostalgia, I understand nostalgia.
0: But... Nostalgia is a powerful drug, and you're still yeah. pretty young. So once you hit about thirty-five, I think nostalgia starts to hit you pretty hard. About thirty-five. Okay. And then you're like, uh, oh, I just want everything from my youth. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah. Including plastic pieces that don't do anything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, this is who is this from? Did this come from anyone? Uh no, this is I actually found this. Uh, this is our last story. This is from inputmag.com. This tiny device lets you play actual Game Boy cartridges on your P- PC. Um, Is that a Game Boy Advance cartridge running on your computer? Yes, it is. The GB Operator is a new device that plays Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance cartridges on PC, Mac, and Linux computers. And playing cartridges is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, The folks over at Epilogue, a retro gaming startup that's new on the scene, are behind the $49 GB Operator. Orders are currently open with plans to ship in August. Um, It works by ripping the game files and emulating the game via the operator software. The software uses MGBA as its core emulator, which adds controller and cheat support. Uh, Playing your old cartridges is great, but what's better is being able to backup saves on your computer and upload them back onto the cartridge. It's an ingenious solution that protects users, or better yet, when the battery on a cartridge dies. Um, GB Operator can also download the game as a ROM for you to play on other emulation hardware such as a modded PS Classic or Raspberry Pi. Um, it beats illegally downloading ROMs from the website, equivalent of a dark alley. It can also tell whether the cartridge is real or fake, something that would have to come in handy um, when you bought not one but two fake Pokemon games on eBay. Um, so that's actually uh, has become an issue over the past couple of years is those original Pokemon games for the Game Boy mm-hmm. Advance and stuff because those games had internal clocks on those cartridges um, that would just keep running, yeah, I, even when the game's not being played. So, you know, after 20 years of that clock running, those uh, batteries are starting to die and people are losing their game saves. So this actually makes a lot of sense and I wish that they would do this for not only, you know, old Game Boy Advance games, but go back and, and be able to do any k- type of cartridge, uh, and be able to like rip the ROM or be able to play it. Like that just sounds like something that just it, 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 the market needs, especially the retro gaming market.
1: Yeah, I see this thing doing really well. I mean, it's that's forty nine dollars. Yeah, that's, that's nothing. Th- That's a really good price for this to be able to put it to your computer, Uh, especially if you I grew up with Game Boy Advance games. I was a huge Pokemon fan, a huge uh, Game Boy gamer. And like you said, like I remember, you know, being a kid on Christmas, even back then, this was probably like, I don't know, close to longer than 10 years ago now. Yeah, uh, I would get a, a like a secondhand Game Boy Advance game from GameStop back when they still carried them and the internal clock would be just completely gone as yeah. soon as i get it on christmas day so i'm weeping <laughs> as a kid not being able to play my new game that i was so excited about yeah i mean that's this is definitely a good way to combat that and it it reminds me of like um when you put a vhs tape into into one of those vhs and cd decks or whatever dvd decks and you you transfer it over to the dvd yeah this is kind of what it reminds me of yeah
0: it's it's just another version of that. And yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. But it's
1: um, so needed. It's it's definitely a very cool way to preserve these games that are going to probably eventually there's not gonna be any more of them that work. Exactly.
0: And especially for games that you know weren't that popular that you want to preserve. Like I I would love to have, you know, an entire folder. Uh, on my on a, in, a, in a file on my computer of all the game ROMs that I have as, from you know the original Nintendo all the way through like the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. like just take all those games, rip all those ROMs off, and keep them in a file f- forever. because eventually a lot of those games with those battery backup systems, you know those batteries are going to give out eventually, and you're not going to be able to. I mean, those games will still be playable, but you're not going to be able to save anything.
1: Right, absolutely. And and you know, with Game Boy games, po- Pokemon specifically, if you mm. can't save the game, you can't do anything. Yeah, you you can't even trade Pokemon that you've caught over to a different game that does work. Yeah, because you have to save the game to to unlock the trade feature. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things where like yeah I mean you can try to find a way around it, but if the internal clock's broken, there's not really much you can do.
0: Yeah, I mean you have to have a professional, you know, replace the battery and everything, um, which is mostly at that point you might as well buy a new game. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But uh, you know, it'd be cool to just I I think you know that's and like you said, it's not a bad price. Fifty bucks for that is not bad at all. I would no. love, and if this thing does well, I hope they do more, you know, for mm. Nintendo games, Super Nintendo, just anything you can just, you know, pop that game cartridge on and just rip that ROM right off of it. Then, then you right. take and, your cartridge and you just put it away.
1: And and that's going to be great for, for Twitch streamers as well. Yes, absolutely. Because you can just put that right on your computer and, you know, if... Sure, you can Twitch stream an uh, illegally downloaded ROM, but maybe you would rather be like, hey, I got this legally yes. obtained Game Boy <laughs> game and put it on my computer. And Yeah,
0: and, and that's the thing. Like, when I stream, I, of course, stream ROMs, but it's all stuff that I own already. You know, right. I, I don't really ever stream anything that I don't own. Like, I just don't feel like... And I, I don't care if you stream... From original hardware, or if you stream ROMs, like that's not a a point of contention for me. And I don't think it really is among a lot of retro gamers and stuff. But, you know, when you're doing uh, any kind of like uh, world record runs and things, I I think original hardware is probably always going to be, you know, the way that's going to be done. But if right. you're just streaming games, like, you know, and ROMs don't bother me, but I, I don't want to stream anything that I don't own, like, physically.
1: Yeah, see, what what I was worried about is I don't, I'm not too familiar with the Twitch terms of service, so I didn't know that if you said you were streaming a ROM or not, if you would get struck down. No, no. No? Okay. Yeah, see that—that's what I was kind of worried about because I know that Nintendo specifically is very um, picky. About, yeah, uh, <laughs> they are. Like, I got a wrong uh, usage. I got a copyright strike
0: on my page on my Twitch uh, page once because I streamed Ducktales for the Nintendo. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, like, they took all the audio out of it. I'm like, why? It's like a thirty-something of- year old game,
1: but. It's Disney. That was because of Disney music. Yes. Exactly. 100%. That's why that was.
0: <laughs> and that's so dumb. So dumb. Uh, but that we're actually going to skip this month of video game history. So I'm going to go into our shout outs for this evening. Our Patreon shout outs are these lovely, lovely patrons that uh, keep the show afloat every single month. And I want to shout out RMS Jackson, AxeBlade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, AKA The Mixmaster. Master. Robin Hood, Han Solo, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, Tyler Watson, Brandon Rutledge, Donnie, Donner Party of Five, Donnie, Donnie Parter of Five, <laughs> Donner Party of Five, Gus and Penny, Jason May, Matthew Salmon, and of course, Justin Olson. We love every single one of you. And uh, all you new patrons, send us your social media info either on Twitter, Facebook, email, or on Patreon so we can give you proper social media shout-outs. And, uh, of course, if you can join our Patreon, not only do you get a uh, ad version of the show on the, uh, the Patreon RSS feed, which you can put right into your uh, podcatcher of choice, but you also get the commentary tracks that we do every single month, and you get those way earlier than everybody else. And this month we did uh, DuckTales Episode 2, a continuation of uh, what we did last month, DuckTales Episode 1. And, of course, we did uh, the real Ghostbusters um, how, the Halloween. I forgot the name of the, the episode. It has to do with Halloween and the big pumpkin-headed guy, which is a pretty awesome episode. So go over there, join our Patreon, get that commentary track, and when we do our uh, polls, you uh, you get to vote on stuff over there and tell us what you want us to review and watch. So become a Patreon Ooh. today. At Patreon.com slash retro. And tonight, I am talking about... Destroy All Humans is an open-world action-adventure video game franchise that is designed as a parody of Cold War-era Alien Invasion films. It is available for the PlayStation 2, and it was available for the PlayStation 2 and Xbox. Uh, And Destroy All Humans 2, uh, available for PlayStation 2, Xbox, and uh, Destroy All Humans Big Willy Unleashed, I never played that one, Uh, was available for the Wii. Uh, Path of the Furon is available for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, and uh, Destroy All Humans and Destroy All Humans 2 were ported to the PlayStation 4 in October of 2016, and uh, both being upscaled to 1080p, and of course, Destroy All Humans was added to Xbox Backwards Compatibility Program. That's where I actually originally played this game, was the original Xbox, and um, I loved this game back then. I remember I rented it from Blockbuster and played it over the weekend and as soon as I had to take it back, uh I think I rented it Friday night, had it till Sunday, went and took it I took it back on Sunday and then immediately went to Toys R Us to buy a copy of it. And I had it for wow. the original Xbox. I this game is, is is so far up my alley as far as like the the aesthetic of the game that whole 50s sci-fi vibe uh mm-hmm. you know with all the title cards like in between missions and all that kind of stuff and just the whole point of the game is you are um you are an alien known as Crypto and you are tasked to gather Furon DNA locked inside human brain stems, and not only that, but you also get to uh, destroy towns and uh, the state fairs and and city, uh, you know, uh, neighborhoods uh, with your. And you upgrade as you go along. You you actually um, when you're running around doing your missions, you can uh, you collect brain stems, of course uh out of people, which you use your mind powers to just basically explode people's heads and their brains pop out. you collect the brains, and then you take those brains back to the mothership and you make upgrades to, of course your your character crypto, you get uh, sh- you make your uh, your weapons stronger, uh, and you can upgrade your ship like with the lasers and uh, all the different stuff you can do in the game. and it's it has sort of. Kind those are like the, the light RPG elements of it, you know, upgrading your character and stuff like that. But it has, you know, a story that you go through, uh, go through different sections, different towns that you have to go and do separate missions for. uh What was his name? His name. Uh, you go, you upgrade your ship in his lab. I think it's called Ortho's lab. I think I'm not, I can't remember his name. Um, but you basically, he's kind of like the leader of the Furons and he sends you down to the planet to do, to run missions. And you, when you're done with your mission, um, and there's a lot of stealth type stuff where you have to, uh, um, you can disguise yourself as a human, but you have to keep, uh, you have a meter that runs out and you have to keep, uh, you know, Uh, like doing mind stuff with people to refill your meter. Uh, And you, if you uh, turn back, if your meter runs out and you turn back into crypto in the middle of a crowd, like everybody goes crazy and the cops show up and then the military shows up. So you want to try to stay as stealth as possible when you're running your missions. Um, It's just really kind of turn your brain off at the, at, at the, at the door and, just kind of play kind of game. There's nothing really, like, there's no puzzle solving. There's no, you know, nothing to really think about while you're playing the game. It's just run these missions, and then you can do side missions after you're done with your mission. Uh, and you can do, like I said, you can do side missions and stuff like that to get more DNA, uh, whether it's destroying towns or, you know, timed missions where you got to, you know, go catch... uh I don't know, just different stuff you gotta do throughout the game to uh to build up more DNA to to sell in the shop to upgrade yourself. And I just love this game. I don't know what it is about it. It's 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 still good and it still holds up. I actually, when I first started playing it, I prepared myself because I was like, there's no way this game's gonna look near as good as I remember it. Um, because that always happens when I go back and play a game from that era, the original Xbox and PlayStation, PlayStation 2. They never look quite as good as I remember them looking. But this game still holds up pretty good in the uh, the graphic and sound department. Even the, the controls are as tight as you would want them to be for this type of game.
1: That's awesome, yeah. Um, I know I have a... Uh, a limited experience with this title i uh i remember very vaguely my older brother playing this when i was a kid and uh i wasn't allowed to play it but i could watch him i don't know why that makes well there's a lot of humor in the
0: game because you have like an anal probe (laughs) that you can do on people um you can levitate things like you can pick up like a cow and just throw it. <laughs> like, just awful things that you can do in this game.
1: Yeah, it sounds right up my alley, because I love games where I can... Uh, as much as I love story-based games, I love a good story. I also love games on the other end, like uh, like a Grand Theft Auto, Yeah, where I can just murder. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what this
0: is like, but it's not open world. You are yeah. definitely on like a linear path through the game. I would love to have a version of this game where it's just... Complete open world, and you can just go down in your spaceship and just c- cause
1: complete havoc everywhere. Yeah, that would definitely be a lot of fun. Uh, I know I've seen a version of this. I don't know if it's uh, a new one that they just came out with, but there's a destroy all humans for PS4. Yeah, it's the it's the it's
0: the remake. Not not a remake, but a remaster. Um, and I think the. Uh, the version that just dropped on the um the switch is an actual remake and not just a remaster so i'm very interested really? to go and play that i watched the um the trailer for it last night and it looks fantastic like this game already the for the ps2 era already looks good and holds up like crazy but then you go and and watch the the trailer for the Switch version and it's like holy it's like like watching a um like a Pixar movie and it's like oh mm-hmm. I want to
1: play that Yeah I I definitely see myself uh picking that up in the future for sure Yeah it's um, a
0: little expensive for my taste right now I mean 40 bucks I think is a lot for a remake like even even Resident Evil 2 I think I only paid it was only what 30
1: bucks I think when when Resident when the Resident Evil 2 remake came out, it was the price as a regular of a normal. Oh, was it? It was it was sixty dollars. Yeah, I don't because it's sixty. Because even though it's a remake, it's entirely different. Yeah, it's not the same game.
0: Yeah, so that's why I'm curious uh, about this version uh, of the game coming out on Switch. If it's basically the same game, or if it's just they sort of took the bones of the original game and then just. You know, put it into a brand new game engine and then gave it a yeah. whole, you know, like a whole new paint job and, you know, engine under the hood and just like completely made a whole new game out of it, which I don't mind paying $40 at that point, but I think I am going to wait and see maybe if it goes on sale. Um, yeah. But it's definitely something I want to check out because, and I think this, even the PS2 version, if you have PS Now or if you still even have an original PS2 or a PS3 with backwards compatibility, this is a good game to go pick up. I think this is one of those games that is an absolute must have if you're a collector for uh, of not only the original Xbox but the PS2. Like this game
1: has to be in the collection. Yeah, I remember it being a very popular game at the time. I, I remember everyone that I knew uh playing destroy all humans and I I think if I do pick it up um, yeah I would like the PS4 version because it's just easier access but I feel like I do kind of want to find a copy for my PS2 and just experience the, the original game yeah
0: well if you have PS now it's available for free on PS now so I would say just go get a month of PS now and play all the games you want to play (laughs) for that month yeah because you can download this straight to your hard drive on the ps4 and it's only like two two gigs and um you know i've been playing it like crazy the last couple of days and i'm having way more fun with it than i thought i would like i thought going into it i was like it can't be as good as i remember it being i'm like i'm gonna get in this game and it's gonna just be like a game of that era where you like think it's mm-hmm. going to be better than it is and you're just like ugh. cuz that the same thing happened like when I I downloaded a bount, Star Wars Bounty Hunter because that's on yeah. the PS Now too for the PS2 and I started playing it and I think I got maybe 20 30 minutes into it and I was like this is not as good as I remember it like the controls are terrible the graphics are real muddy and blurry. It's hard to see things. It's hard to know where to go. There's like, there's no right. map and I don't know where to go, what I'm doing. So I just, I just stopped playing it. I was like, and I played the crap out of that game back in the day. So I was totally expecting that with this game. But as soon as I started playing, it, I was like, man, this game still looks good. Started playing it, plays like butter. I mean, it's smooth as butter, those controls for this game. And it's just fun. It's just a fun game to pick up and play and run around, you know, popping brains out of people's heads and destroying towns and everything that goes along with this game. And it's just fun. It's just pure video game fun. There's nothing to think about. Just jump in and just destroy all
1: humans. Yeah, that's always a very good feeling when you play a game. Uh, you know, from your childhood or earlier in your life, and then you pick it back up, and it's just how you remember it. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, good. It, it hasn't decreased in value at all. Yeah, and I, like I said, I
0: I really like this game. I think everybody should play it at least. It may not be your cup of tea, um, but I think everybody should at least give it a try. I mean, there's a hundred different ways to play this game, and if you have a Switch. You know, try out the, the new version, or if you have PlayStation now, um, go ahead and, and play it for free. Um, and it might be a pretty cheap game to just pick up if you have a PlayStation 2. Because this wasn't, you know, this isn't a rare game. I mean, this was this was a huge release in 2005. I mean, they, they made, you know, four or five sequels for it. And just the PS2 version alone, I mean, I got to give it a solid 8 out of 10. I mean there's not much I can really say there's bad about it uh, other than you know it the 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 graphics are a little dated but they're not bad but they're right. better than most
1: uh of the games of that era like it still holds up pretty well Yeah I know a lot of the PS2 era graphics uh the shadowing is atrocious <laughs> Yeah like you you see you know like there's something that you have to grab or something in a corner yeah. and there's a shadow that's covering it up and you can't Then there's like a path you can't see because the colors are all off Yeah, exactly
0: and the cool thing about this game is it's uh the character designs are because it's set in the 50s everything is kind of stylized right. and, and with you know with the your main character and the 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 aliens and the, the the spaceship and all that stuff is very stylized, so I think it holds up a lot
1: longer than if you mm-hmm. try to make things look real, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, you can definitely get a lot more longevity out of a certain type of animation yeah. than if you try to make people look how people look. Yeah. That's you're that you're just setting yourself up to fail because we yeah. don't have the technology to do that ever.
0: Because, you know, like we thought GoldenEye was like you know back in the day it was like it's right. never gonna get any better. It looks just like Pierce Brosnan, and then you look right. at it now and it's like I got a lot of nostalgia for that game, but that is an ass ugly game. <laughs> that yeah. era, that PS one, Nintendo sixty four,
1: so polygonal.
0: Yeah, early PS2 era, early Xbox era. You know, Halo still looks good. You know, a lot of those games do look good, but there's a lot of games from that era that just look like
1: garbage. Yeah, and and think about now, like, uh, The Last of Us 2 just came out. Graphics are amazing. We're like, oh, this looks just like people. Yeah. Ten years from now, we're going to look back at that game and be like, I yeah. can't play this. this <laughs> these graphics are horrible.
0: Exactly. That happens to me Like with games that came out, like, you know, six, seven years ago. And then you look yeah. and you're playing games and like people like that whole uncanny Valley experience. Like you get, when you look at video, like people who aren't quite human, like they, and they're talking, but their mouth moves weird. And it's like, it totally right. pulls me out of like, you know, that whole experience. Like it,
1: it just, it's weird. Absolutely. But of course, you know, if you're playing something that looks like it's uh, maybe from a comic strip or something or or like a like a cartoon on TV, that's always going to hold up because that style is always going to kind of exist. I mean,
0: that's exactly why, you know, World of Warcraft is still around uh, after it's in 2000. It started alpha or the beta in 2004. So that game is almost 20 years old at this point. And it still holds up because they went with the stylized graphics and everything, and like you know, it's gotten better over the years. You know, each time they upgrade it to a new engine, but even from the very beginning, I mean, if you had like look at the Zelda games, the reason you know there are Zelda games, like I think Breath of the Wild is going to hold up a lot longer than you know uh, Twilight Princess, is because it's stylized, and it and you know you look at uh, Wind Waker. (laughs) Reason that game has lasted as long as it has, and people still love playing that game, is because it was stylized and it just it holds up way better than trying
1: to make things look real. Absolutely, yeah. Maybe a worse example, too, would be, um, yeah, not probably not as good of an example, but the Lego games, yeah. <laughs> uh, is Legos are always going to be Legos, oh, so yeah, it's you like can... you.
0: You can still go back to the you know, those early Lego games and they still hold up.
1: Right, yeah. I mean the only thing that's different is uh the controls and of course you don't have voice actors. Uh so maybe it'll be hard from that standpoint, but as far as like, you know, giving it to your child to play, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know those Legos you like, this is just like Legos. It's yeah. always gonna be like that.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Like I still have some uh Lego games for the GameCube that still look really yeah. good. And they're just fun, <laughs> you know. That's that's another thing about this game is it's it's one of those games that it still it's it still looks good. and It's just fun to play, and that's what I need sometimes. Sometimes I don't need deep story and like puzzles to solve and like hardcore bosses to to fight. I just want to jump right. in and just destroy shit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's probably why Grand Theft Auto and yeah. uh, games of that nature have done exactly. so
0: well. You know, you go through your your campaign, and then afterwards, it's like it's just an open world free for all to just do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But uh, but yeah, that's gonna bring me to the end of the review. Uh, Jacob, thank you so much for for filling in tonight for for Derek Diamond.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, man. Um, I've I've listened to every episode of Nerd Cave Retro. I know I give you guys shit, but. Um, <laughs> No more yeah, than what Wally gives us. <laughs> yeah. Well I you know I, I really do enjoy the show and um yeah, man, just just thank you guys for having me.
0: Uh and check me and uh, Jacob both out over at the Open Micros podcast. We've had some really great uh interviews lately that I think you'll really like. Um we've had oh, Jenny yeah. Zagrino, um, we've had Sean Patton, um, we had who, who else have we
1: had? Um, uh just just today just an hour ago we yeah. interviewed eric bergstrom who yeah, is eric a bergstrom. fantastic new york comedian uh yeah. should i give the should i give your your listeners an exclusive jason sure should i since, since thank you guys so much for having me like since since you guys have had to deal with me for <laughs> uh a little over an hour uh basically what we do over at open micers is i try to book uh bigger name comedians that uh that come on our show uh, people like Sean Patton that have credits from Comedy Central and whatnot. Uh, in August, we actually are going to have uh, three big name comedians. One of which, um, who I think would resonate the most with the fans of this show, is Ryan Neemiller, who is a he was on America's Got Talent, huge pro wrestling fan, huge gaming nerd, <laughs> Ryan Neemiller, huge retro gaming guy. Uh, if you don't know who that is, you should definitely go check him out. And yeah, he's going to be on Open Micers. So if you like stand-up comedy, if you like, you know, bigger name stand-up comedians, or if you like uh, local creators, like we just had Derek uh, on an interview, mm-hmm. definitely go check out our podcast. Yeah, man. Derek was on uh, last
0: week's Open Micers. So go check out that conversation we had with Derek. Uh, it's at Open Mikers on Twitter, uh, Open Micers Podcast on Facebook, um, Open Micers on Instagram, and uh, if you'd like to uh, go check out the Patreon, it's OMPodcast.com. And uh, tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs.
1: Oh, goodness. You can follow me uh, at Jacob Craig Comedy on everything. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I am on Twitter. Oh, on Twitter, I'm actually at Jacob C. Craig. The C stands for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, um, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Let me play our music. If you would like to uh, email us, you can email us at NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And we have our own website, NerdCaveRetro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at NerdCaveRetro. And, of course, individually at JFunktastic, at Derek underscore Diamond, and at Jacob C. Craig. Uh, You can go get some merch at ncrmerch.com. That helps out the show. And, of course, our Patreon helps out the show. Patreon.com slash retro. Uh, throw us a couple of bucks a month if you can. And if you can't, please at least go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. And uh, usually I ask Derek and Wally for a sign-off. Do you have a sign-off
1: to give us, Jake? Yo, motherfuckers like soup? Yeah, soup! <laughs> Never rub another man's rhubarb.